0: Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to up-level your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 71 of the Money Love Podcast. I have a really amazing episode planned for you guys today. (laughs) I feel like I say that every week, but I really do mean it every time I say it. This week, we are going to be talking about shame, specifically the shame that we feel around the way that we spend money. Now, I have taken this concept and I have given it a name that I'm going to refer to it as the spending shame cycle. And even though I made up this term, so it may not be a term that you've heard before, once we start to talk about it and I start to explain it to you, I guarantee that for a lot of you, you're going to be like, oh yes, I know what you're talking about. I've experienced that. I've been there. So shame, that's what we're going to talk about this week. Before we jump in, one housekeeping item I do want to make sure that you're aware about. I announced this on Instagram, but I did completely redo my Stop Impulse Shopping free training. So this is a training that I came out with well over a year ago, probably a year and a half ago. And I've completely redone it, refilmed it, And I released it last week. So if you follow me on Instagram, you may have already heard me announce this. You may have already taken it by this point. But for those of you who are just podcast listeners and you're interested in taking that training, you can sign up for it using the link in the show notes of this episode. So just scroll down. You will see a link that will take you straight there. You put in your email address, and then the link to access the training gets sent straight to your inbox. If it's easier for you as well, you can just go to my Instagram profile at page L. Pritchard, P-R-I-T-C-H-A-R-D, and that same link is the link in my Instagram bio. So either way, I encourage you to take it. It's brand new content. I have integrated a lot of new concepts that I've been working on and thinking of the last year and a half. So if you are interested in taking that, and if you're needing some help to stop impulse shopping, It's a completely free training that you can take by yours truly, and I just want to make sure that you are aware of it, and for those of you who want to take it, you can. So let's dive into the topic this week. This is going to be probably a longer episode. I have a lot I want to cover today. So the spending shame cycle and shame. Let's talk about it. The spending shame cycle is something that I've experienced myself, and I see it in my clients and in my students. All of the time. And it's really important that we talk about shame because to me, shame is a very deep rooted emotion. It's what I call a foundational emotion. So here's what I mean by that I think that we have emotions that are surface level emotions, and then we have emotions that go much deeper, and they're foundational emotions. They are emotions that when you start peeling back the layers of the onion, you get to the root of the issue. It's the emotion that's at the foundation of what the problem really is. So a big foundational emotion that I see a lot is fear. Fear is a foundational emotion. So if one of my clients comes to me and they say, I'm feeling really anxious, anxiousness is kind of that surface level emotion. It's the emotion that's just kind of buzzing on the top, buzzing on the surface. But when we start to explore why they're anxious, we realize that there's actually a deep-seated fear that they are feeling about something. So fear is that foundational emotion that is driving the anxiousness that's sitting on the surface. And shame is kind of the same way. It's an emotion that gets buried deep within us. Brene Brown, if you don't know who Brene Brown is, I'm going to reference her several times in this episode. She is actually a shame researcher. So she's really popular now. She has a huge podcast. She had a Netflix special. She's written a ton of books, but her career started out as a shame and vulnerability researcher. And so she knows a lot about shame, and she actually calls shame an epidemic because it's an emotion that we don't pay attention to because we bury it so deep, and because we don't pay attention to it, we don't deal with it. So, she's done a TED talk on shame where she says that shame is the swampland of the soul. And I love that analogy that she calls it the swampland of the soul. But she also says that even though shame is a swampland, she then goes to say that the goal is not to set up camp and to live in the swamp. She says the goal is to trudge through the swamp until we can get out of it to the other side. Now, with money, There are two primary areas where shame comes up a lot. We feel shame with the inflow of money into our lives, and we also feel shame with the outflow of money out of our lives. I think if we take all of the examples of where we feel shame around money, it really boils down to us feeling shame about how much money we make, either we don't make enough or we make too much. And we feel shame about how we spend money. And today we're going to be talking about the latter of the two. We're going to be talking about the shame we feel about the money that flows out of our life. The shame we feel about how we choose to spend money. So think about it, y'all. Spending shame touches so many things and so many areas. We feel shame around the things that we buy. The actual objects that we choose to exchange our money for. So we're like, gosh, that was such a stupid purchase. I shouldn't have bought that. We feel shame over the amounts that we spend on things, right? So even if we like the item, but we feel like we've paid too much for it, we have thoughts like, oh my gosh, I paid way too much for that. When women tell me I'm bad with money, I'm terrible with money, what they're telling me is they feel like they can't manage money well when it comes to their spending habits. When I ask them, why do you say that? They say, because I can't seem to save. I can't seem to get ahead. Problems managing your money and feeling like you're not a good manager of your money can always be tied back to your spending habits, right? Debt, how much shame do we feel around debt? So much, right? Now, my stance on debt, we talk about this a lot, is that it's neutral. You can think about it however you want. Debt doesn't have to be something negative. But when you are going into debt, think about it, you are still spending, aren't you? So I've told you in a past episode that debt is buying money. And then you take the money that you just bought and you use that money to buy something else, whether it's a car, a house, an education, a certification, a bag, a piece of workout equipment, whatever. If you feel shame... Over your debt, guess what? You have spending shame because spending is a necessary component of debt. In a sense, you are spending to get the debt and then you spend again to use that money to buy something else. So bottom line is we take all the spending that we do when we feel shame. And before we move on, I want to make this distinction because it's important There is another emotion that is very closely related to shame, and that is guilt. They are kind of like sister emotions. I would say they're definitely in the same category of emotions, but they are different. They're not the same. You'll notice all of the examples that I gave above started as guilt because they were focused on the action, the behavior, the decision that we made with money and with our spending. So I shouldn't have bought that. I spent too much. I can't stop spending. I took out too much debt. Okay. That is guilt. And the difference between shame and guilt is that guilt is based on action and behavior. In contrast to that, shame is different because shame is rooted in self. Instead of, I did something bad, shame is, I am bad. Shame is self-focused. Guilt is, I made a mistake, and shame is, I am a mistake, right? Do you see the difference between the two? And this is why shame can be so debilitating, because it's not easy to admit when you've made a mistake and say, I've done something wrong. But to take that a step further and say, no, not only have I done something wrong, but I also am wrong, when that guilt evolves into shame, That is a really painful thing for us to deal with. And I think that with money, a lot of the times we feel guilt first, like in the examples I listed above, right? Like, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have spent that. I shouldn't have taken out that debt. Action, decision, behavior-based guilt. But then comes the next step where our guilt evolves into shame because of one main question, which is this. What do I make all of those choices and behaviors say about me? What am I making them mean about me and the type of person that I am? And the answer to that question is a really important one because it will determine if it's just going to be guilt that you feel over a spending decision that you've made or if the guilt is going to go deeper and turn into the foundational emotion of shame which is a much more powerful and deeper emotion to deal with. So let's talk about where shame comes from. Of course, we're going to first look at this through the lens of the model because that's what we always do. But when we look at it through that lens, we can see that shame is a feeling. We would put it in the F line of our model, which means that shame comes from our thinking. Now, even though shame comes from our thinking, even though conceptually we can know this, It's tricky because oftentimes the thinking that we're doing, the thoughts that we are thinking that create shame are very deeply ingrained thoughts and belief patterns that have been there for a very long time. They are very strong neural pathways. They are practiced. They are firing away in that habitual automatic part of our brain, which means that they are very subconscious. And oftentimes we don't even consciously know that they're there, or what they even are. These belief patterns that we have that cause shame are constructs that we have chosen to adopt and live our lives within. So with money, they are belief patterns and constructs that come from our parents, they come from our education, they come from our religion, they come from our socioeconomic background, but they are things that could sound like, don't be too flashy, you should never have debt. Sayings like, who has that kind of money? Or money doesn't grow on trees that essentially insinuate that money is scarce, which will make you feel guilty and shame for then going out and spending it. Things like, we're just not those type of people. Sayings like hard earned money, insinuating that money is hard to earn and it's again, scarce and hard to come by. Hence you feeling shame when you spend it when people tell you things like, oh, that's a waste of money. Again, we take those things as facts, but really these are just people's beliefs and maybe even your beliefs that consciously or subconsciously you have chosen to adopt and live your life within. They were adopted at a young age and now as adults, we are living our lives around these rules. And so when we make choices and decisions that fall outside the black and white lines of these belief patterns, we think, oh my gosh, that's bad. And I shouldn't be doing that, aka the guilt. But then we keep going and we think, well, there's something wrong with me that I can't seem to conform to these rules, that I can't seem to fall in line, that there's something wrong with me. Again, going from I did something bad to I am bad. So knowing this, we can say with 100% certainty that shame is always an inside job. Shame is something that is always generated from within us by the constructs that we have either made the conscious, but most of the time, the unconscious choice to live our lives within. And so then that brings us to this concept of the spending shame cycle, which is really the cycle of buffering that is so challenging to get out of unless... We intentionally do the work to break the cycle, which we're going to talk about here in a second. But here's what the spending shame cycle looks like. It always starts with the inability or the unwillingness to feel. If you find that you get yourself stuck in the spending shame cycle, I want you to know that it never starts because you have a spending problem. It starts because you have a feeling problem. You are not a bad spender. You are just a bad feeler. So you start to feel some sort of negative emotion that doesn't feel good to you, that you don't want to be feeling. Maybe you feel bored, sad, anxious, inadequate, overwhelmed. And instead of accepting the emotion and welcoming it in as part of the 50-50 human experience, you decide something has gone wrong. You don't have the ability to feel it. Like I said, you're a bad feeler. And so you decide to buffer it away. And remember, buffering can take shapes and many forms. We can buffer with food, with alcohol, drugs, with social media, with shopping. I want to remind you that it's not the behavior itself that is bad. It's not bad to eat food. It's not bad to drink alcohol or consume social media or to spend money. Of course not. But you will know if you are buffering by two primary things. The amount in which you consume something... So when we buffer, we overconsume. That's the first. And the second is the intention behind why you're doing it. It's called buffering because what you're doing is you are placing a buffer in between the emotion that you're feeling and actually having to feel it and process through it. And the overconsumption of whatever it is acts as that buffer to give you that quick hit of dopamine to change your emotional state. Now, Here is the second step of the cycle. With spending shame, shopping, spending money, is the buffering of choice. What you're consuming, is it food or alcohol, it's things, it's stuff, and then you spend the money impulsively. It's the money that you're spending that is unplanned, or maybe it's money that you don't have, but you spend the money and then you get that hit of dopamine when you do. It feels really good in the moment. And you experience that high of the buy. But then comes the third phase of the spending shame cycle, which is the crash, because that is always the result of our buffering and giving ourselves hits of false, fleeting pleasure. We eat the sleeve of Oreos, we get the sugar crash. We drink too much alcohol, we have the hangover. We consume too much social media, we feel even more inadequate and insecure than when we got on the app. We spend the money. And we impulsively make purchases, but then we have to pay for the financial consequence of that later on down the road, whether that consequence is less savings, more debt, or just having more excess and clutter in our life than we did before. And that is the incredibly sneaky part about buffering is that it is always driven by our lizard caveman part of our brain that lives in that motivational triad the monkey part of our brain that isn't concerned with what's best for us long-term, but instead is concerned with instant gratification because it is its job to avoid pain and seek pleasure. So we feel the pain, the negative emotion, and we're like, "Uh uh-oh, this is painful. Abort, abort, abort. Find a quick fix. Seek some pleasure. So we do. And in the moment, we think that we are solving the problem. But the truth is, is that there is always a net negative consequence waiting for us on the other side of our buffering. And our buffering always drives us deeper into our negative emotion because it only creates more of it. When we buffer to avoid a negative emotion, the end result is always piling more negative emotion on top of the negative emotion that you started with. So then... The negative emotion compounds and it gets bigger because you didn't actually deal with it. You just slapped a Band-Aid on something that really needed stitches. So then we move to the fourth stage of the spending shame cycle, which is where you turn to buffering again to deal with the negative emotion that has grown and compounded from when the cycle first started. And this just means that the buffering has to be bigger. The consumption has to be larger than before because the negative emotion that you're trying to buffer away is now larger, right? You see? So those are the four stages of the cycle. Here they are for you summarized. Stage one is you experience a negative emotion that you're not willing to feel. You have a feeling problem. Stage two is instead of dealing with that emotion and processing it, you choose to buffer it away with shopping, spending, consuming, acquiring. Then the third stage is you experience the impending crash that comes once the dopamine wears off and you are left to deal with the net negative consequence of the spending, the consuming, the acquiring, which just creates more negative emotion for you. It compounds that negative emotion. And then stage four is you go back to the buffering. You go back to the shopping and the spending this time even more, to deal with the compounded negative emotion that's even greater than what you started with. So you can see why this is called a cycle, right? The spending shame cycle doesn't always begin with shame. It could be another negative emotion that you're feeling, but the resulting emotion that you're left with at the end is always shame. It's because you start with negative emotion and you end with negative emotion. You spend money to deal with your negative emotion, and then you go back to spending to deal with even more negative emotion. So it's this vicious cycle that goes negative emotion, spend, negative emotion, spend. And each time you go through it, the cycle just grows and grows because it becomes more reinforced and practiced. So before we can talk about what we can do to get out of the spending shame cycle, I think we need to briefly touch on why it's so hard. For us to break out of it in the first place. First and foremost, there are a lot of short term benefits to continuing in the spending shame cycle. Now, notice I said short term benefits, not long term benefits, but in the short term, it really feels good to us, right? Like we get those dopamine hits, which feel really good. And now it's important to note that you can't actually get addicted to dopamine hits. You get addicted to the substance, whatever the substance is. You get addicted to the alcohol, to the sugar, to the shopping, but the dopamine is the motivator to engage with the substance, right? So there's just the simple fact to start with that when you're looking at our brain chemistry, it's just really hard to break out of cycles like this. So many of us are living our lives on default. We're living our lives within that motivational triad. And so if we don't slow down and intentionally bring ourselves out and we don't start to think on purpose and feel on purpose, which most people are not willing to do, it becomes difficult to break out of just from our human design. But let's come back to shame. Shame is an emotion that is really hard for so many people to escape because since it's a foundational emotion, it is one that remains buried and unprocessed. So Brene Brown says that shame thrives on secrecy, on silence, and on judgment. And that's what we do when we're feeling shame around money, especially money, right? We hide it. We keep it a secret. We bury it deep down inside. We hide our purchases from other people. We hide the reality from our financial situation, from other people, but also from ourselves by not checking in with our money consistently. We just don't look at it and we pretend like it's not there. We're silent. We don't seek help. We don't talk to others about it. We don't bring it out into the open by having conversations around it. And then there's the judgment, right? Oh, gosh, the judgment. We're fearful of the judgment from other people, of course, which I think is the big motivator behind the secrecy and the silence. That's why we keep it buried so deep, is to escape the judgment from other people. But the truth is, is that the biggest and harshest judge is ourselves. When it comes to the shame, the strongest and the heaviest judgment that we feel is the judgment that we place on ourselves. So across all of these things, across living in a culture that prioritizes short-term pleasure over delaying gratification for long-term health, by not thinking on purpose, not feeling on purpose, not making choices consciously, and then the fear of vulnerability, our fear of being inadequate and not being enough and feeling like we're unworthy and that we're screw-ups, which makes us hide and suppress and close off. We don't bring shame up to the surface so we can process through it. That is why the shame cycle is so tricky to get out of, and it's so hard to break free from. Now, knowing why it's difficult to break is a really good start because it gives us awareness of what's going on, but then we can even take it one step further and we can talk about how to actually process through the shame so that it will dissipate. Now, I want to say that I am not sure if it is possible to completely escape shame, to live a shame-free life. So I don't think that that's the goal here most of us will spend a lifetime just unlearning shame. I think that for most humans, shame is going to be a part of the 50-50 human experience. So I want to be clear that I don't believe that there's a shame-free life out there waiting for us, that there's a shame-free arrival. But I think that we can learn and develop tools to deal with the shame so that it doesn't have to have such a strong and potent present within our finances and within our life. Now, this really boils down to, can you process through an emotion? I have walked through this process on the podcast before, but it's been a while, and I think this is a really good opportunity to revisit that process. So I am going to walk you through the process that I use to process through an emotion. Here's an analogy. You guys know I love analogies. So, I got one for you for processing emotions. I like to think of emotions like a house guest that is coming over to your house. The first step is to acknowledge the emotion. So, what you're going to do is you're going to call it out. If you were able to say this out loud, even better, you're going to call it out and you are going to name the emotion and announce its presence. So, if you find that you are feeling ashamed about something, you will say, this is shame. I am feeling shame. That's the first step. Acknowledge that it's there. The shame is at your front door. They have gotten to your house. It has arrived. The next step is to remind yourself that the shame is invited. Okay, The house guest is invited. Don't act like the house guest that you invited isn't supposed to be there. The shame was invited. And how do we know it's invited? It's invited because all emotions are invited. There are no emotions that are not invited over to your house. Any emotion is going to be a part of that 50-50. So the second step is reminding yourself, oh, shame is invited. I'm not going to act like it's not supposed to be here. It's invited as a part of the party, and now it's shown up to the party, and it's here waiting at my front door, ready to come in. The next step is I want you just to welcome the emotion inside. The guest is at your house. You're going to open up the door. You're going to say, come on in. How I do this is I say, I can feel shame or whatever emotion it is that you're feeling. I can feel bored. I can feel anxious. I can feel overwhelmed. I can feel lonely. So you're going to say, this is shame. I'm feeling shame. It's not a problem that I'm feeling shame. I can feel shame. So you open it up, shame comes inside. The next thing you're gonna do is you're gonna figure out where the shame is staying, where your house guest is gonna be staying within your house. This step is all about recognizing where the emotion is within your body. And this is a really important step because it's just gonna remind you that all shame is, is an emotion. And all an emotion is, is a vibration in your body. When you invite the shame into your house and you're trying to figure out where it's going to stay, what room it's going to stay in, this is the part where I really want you to be quiet, close your eyes, take some deep breaths, be reflective, and I want you to think about how does the shame feel inside your body? Where do you feel it inside your body? Do you feel it in your stomach? Do you feel it in your chest? Do you feel it in your head? Do you feel it in your limbs? And I want you just to describe it out loud. So I know for me, shame feels like a very heavy emotion. For me, when I'm feeling shame, I feel it in my stomach. It just kind of feels like I have like a boulder just kind of sitting in my stomach. So I'm like, okay, shame is here. It's in my stomach. It's just kind of sitting in kind of like my gut. It feels really heavy. Some people like to use colors to describe emotions. So for me, when I think about shame, I think of kind of like a dark color, like a black or maybe like a dark purple type of color. But again, just describe it. So you're going to figure out where it's staying in the house. And then the next thing that you're going to do is after shame kind of goes into its room and it kind of is like, okay, this is the room I'm staying in, you're going to explore and you're going to show your house guest around. I want you to explore the emotion. And this, again, is another really important step because this is where you're going to get to the root of where is the shame coming from? This is the process of bringing that shame to the surface so then you can start to deal with it, bringing it to light. There's a couple questions that I want you to ask. Let's say you're feeling shame and you know you're feeling shame maybe around some credit card debt that you have. The first question I want you to ask yourself is, why is this a problem? why is the credit card debt a problem? There's no right or wrong answer. Just ask yourself that question, and then I want you to answer it. Probably what's going to come up is that there's some sort of money rule, financial rule, that you're breaking. So the next question I want you to ask yourself is, what rule is this breaking? Well, the rule that this is breaking is that you shouldn't have credit card debt, which I'm not saying that's a rule, you guys. I'm just using this as part of the example. So the rule that you have in your head is I shouldn't have credit card debt. The next question I want you to ask is, where did this rule come from? Where did I pick up this rule? Who taught me this rule? Did my parents teach me this rule? Did Dave Ramsey teach me this rule? Did a coach or a mentor teach me this rule? Like, Where did this rule come from? Figure out where it came from And then the next question is a really important one because the next question is, do I like this rule? So what you're doing here is you're exploring, firstly, is this a learned behavior? Is this a learned rule? By answering the question, like, where did the rule come from? Is this something that just my parents taught me and I just subconsciously adopted at a very young age just because I thought that was like a hard and fast black and white rule? So you're exploring, is this something that's a learned behavior? And then by asking yourself, do I like this rule? Does this rule serve me? What you're really asking here is, is this rule and this choice something that I want to consciously choose for my future self? Yes or no? Again, there is no right answer here. And that question is going to have you reconnect to your financial values. For some people, debt is no big deal at all. It's welcomed. It's something that they use as a tool. It's something that they use as leverage. It's not a big deal to them. It doesn't bother them because they don't have a rule that they have chosen to live their life by that says credit card debt is bad. Some people do adopt the rule that you shouldn't have credit card debt, and they choose to live their life that way. And y'all, the crazy thing to realize here is that there is no right or wrong choice. But you have to consciously make the choice for yourself and decide that, for what's best for you. Don't just live your money world within the constructs that you've adopted at a very young age. Because like I said, when you go out and you start to live your life outside of those constructs, that's what creates the shame. So I'm going to run through those questions one more time. Why is this a problem? What rule is this breaking? Where did the rule come from? Do I like this rule? And is this something that I want to consciously choose for myself moving forward? Yes or no. The last and final question that you have to ask yourself, because this is really where the shame is coming from, is this. What am I making it mean about me? What am I making the credit card debt? What am I making this spending decision mean about me? Because the answer to that question is where the shame is coming from. Remember, shame is rooted in self. So it's you taking the credit card debt, the circumstance of the credit card debt, and making it mean that you're frivolous, that you're irresponsible, that you're materialistic, that you're reckless, whatever it is that you're making it mean, that is where the shame is coming from. So that is the process of processing through an emotion. I want you to treat emotions like a guest that is showing up to your house. You're going to acknowledge it. You're going to say, oh, this is shame." I am feeling shame. You're going to remind yourself that the emotion is invited. You invited them. It's part of the human experience. They're here. They're ready to come in. You're going to welcome them inside the house. You're going to say, I can feel shame. It's no problem for you to be here. Come on in. You're going to figure out where it's staying. You're going to notice in your body where it is. Remind yourself that this is simply just an emotion. It's a physical vibration in my body. It's not going to hurt me. It's not going to harm me. I have the ability to feel any and all emotions, including shame. And then you're going to explore and you're going to show the emotion around. Catch up with the emotion, figure out where it's been, what it's been doing, what it's been up to, where it came from, right? And ask those questions that I walked you through. Processing through shame is where we have to start to begin to break the shame cycle. Going through this above process of exploring the shame is going to bring it up to the surface, far enough up where we'll have the courage to then bring it out of hiding and into the open, to actually stop hiding from our past spending choices and our past money decisions and start sharing them with the people who can help us work through them, whether it's a therapist, a coach, a friend, a spouse, a partner, a sibling, a mentor. Because once we bring it out into the open, we are able to realize that shame is part of the human experience. We all experience shame. And when we realize that it's not just us, it's everybody, the judgment that we fear from others and that we place on ourselves will start to subdue and it'll start to lose its grip over us. Like once we're in the place where the secrecy, the silence, the judgment is gone, we can then move into practicing empathy for ourselves. Brene Brown says that empathy is the antidote to shame. And I think that empathy is the last step in this process. Empathy and compassion for self. Shame is judgment and abandonment of self. And empathy is the opposite of that. Last step, have empathy and compassion for yourself. Now, there's so much more to say about shame, you guys. (laughs) But that's where we got to end this one or else this episode could truly be three hours long. But I will say this. If spending shame is something that you experience, I cannot encourage you enough to join us in overcoming overspending. That's coming out on March 1st. There's going to be an entire module within the program on spending shame and this cycle. And we will do the work of understanding it, exploring it, and then also doing the work of overcoming it so that the shame that you feel around your spending choices doesn't have such a stronghold over. Your finances and also over you. So, I want to encourage you to do this. If you have not joined the waitlist for overcoming overspending, do that. The link to do that again is in the show notes. All you have to do is just scroll down on this episode. You will see the link to join. And here's why you want to join the waitlist you want to join the waitlist because I will be giving you $50 off the founding member price. So, here's how the pricing is going to work for overcoming overspending, you guys. There is going to be a founding member price. So if you join in the month of March, you will get the founding member rate. That is a rate that I will never be offering ever again. I'm going to offer it for March of 2022. Once the time is up, it's up. After that, the price of overcoming overspending is going to go up by $300 from that point forward. So here's the great news. If you were on the waitlist and you join in the month of March, not only do you get the founding member rate, which is going to save you $300, I'm going to give you an extra $50 that you can apply onto that so that you get $350 in total savings. So that's why you want to join the waitlist is so you get the most savings possible because it just helps me get a sense of the size of the founding members that we're going to be welcoming into the program join the wait list. March 1st, mark your calendars. You're going to get the three-step process of the program. You're going to get the community, and you're also going to get weekly coaching with me. And this is a perfect example of something that you could bring to a live coaching call. If you are feeling shame, if you feel like you are stuck in that spending shame cycle, you can show up to a coaching call with me. You can get coached live. I can coach you on working through the shame that you feel about any past money decisions that you've made that are weighing you down. I'm going to be offering a 100% money-back guarantee with overcoming overspending. So I'm going to be walking you through in the program a very clear process of how we can track the ROI that you get from the program from a dollar perspective. So I'm going to walk you through an exercise where you're actually going to track your spending- Track the amount of times that you allow an urge to spend and you don't go spend and you're going to track the amounts on that. And my deal to you, my offer to you is that if you go through that process and through that process, you don't at least make your investment back. If you go and you do the work, I will give you all of your money back. Like 100% guaranteed, no questions asked. So if you show up and you do the work, it's basically risk-free or I give you your money back. So there's absolutely the guarantee that at a bare minimum, you're going to make your money back. But I will say this, is that there are going to be so many intangible benefits to joining this program. And one of the biggest intangible benefits is that you're just going to feel better. You're going to feel better. And feeling better emotionally and mentally, that is something that is really hard to put a price tag on. To me, it's priceless. I talked about this last week in the Money Well Spent episode. There is nothing better than feeling mentally and emotionally healthy. And I think that's one of the biggest benefits, one of the biggest intangible benefits that will come from the program is you are just going to feel better. And if shame is a very dominant emotion, that foundational emotion in your life, overcoming overspending will absolutely help you with that. So Join the waitlist, March 1st, mark your calendars. Cannot wait to see so many of you in there. I wanna say there's already over 200 of you on the waitlist, so let's get in there, let's do the work. It's gonna be amazing, and I can't wait to see you all in there. You guys have a fantastic week. I love each and every one of you so very much. I will see you next Tuesday, bye. Hey, girl. If you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to join me in overcoming overspending. It's my signature program where I take you through my three phase approach to stop impulse shopping and overspending so that you can finally start making substantial progress with your finances. Through the self paced online program, the student community group, and live weekly coaching with me, you will receive all the encouragement you need to finally achieve lasting change with your money habits that have been sabotaging you for so long. You'll have money back in your pocket. You will leave behind the stress and the worry that you currently experience with money and your spending will be controlled, purposeful, and actually feel good and be fun. The best part is it's hundred percent risk free. You have a lifetime to implement my proven process. And after doing that, if you don't make your investment back, I will give you a full refund. Your results are guaranteed or the program is on me. Just head over to overcomingoverspending.com to get started. I can't wait to have you as a student within the program.